Praise God. This morning scripture reading comes from Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Praise God. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. And that's going to be the message today, not by power. And why don't we go to Zechariah chapter 4 that we just heard, just heard from there. And we want to read through, read through a little bit of it to, and get that scripture in, into context here. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Okay? Zechariah chapter 4. Everything that is in the Word of God um, has meaning for us as Christians, as, as His children. And nothing in the Word of God should be taken lightly. Everything there is for instruction. It's to guide us. Um, the, the trouble is many times we don't look at those scriptures and try and actually figure out what they're saying to us. And we don't, don't oftentimes don't, don't pray about what the scriptures are saying. But every single word there is there for, um, for edification, to build us up, to help us with, our, with our, our walks through this very, very challenging life. And it seems like the longer Jesus tarries on returning, the more challenging it gets. I mean, you look around and you see what's going on in the world and in the country and so forth. And the longer you look, the, 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 longer you, uh, the older you get, you see more challenges there. But the word of God is, uh, is faithful. The word of God is faithful. And uh, Zechariah should be right near Haggai and before Malachi. Haggai and Malachi. Okay, we, we're not in, not in any hurry here. We'll let, let the Holy Spirit guide and so forth. Yeah, Zechariah. And uh, um, God would not have us ignorant of his word and everything in God's word fits together and is put together and if you if you read it all together and get it into context and read it into context you'll see how it works with you in your life praise God okay Zechariah chapter 4 and then verse number 1 and the angel who talked with me came oh let me give you the context here um, Israel had been through a lot of sinning and so forth and Israel had repented and now the Lord was about to restore them Okay, and there were a set of tasks to be done, a series of tasks to be done. So in chapter 4 we see, And the angel who talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a lampstand, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and its seven lamps on it, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top of it. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side of it. Now, I won't get into all that right now, but if this is all, it's referenced also in the 11th chapter of Revelation, the seven lampstands and all of that. So that's a whole separate study, so I won't go there right now. And verse number 4 says, So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Please underline that. Underline all of that, okay? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, 
He shall bring forth the headstone of it with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. So he's saying in verse number 7, Who are you, O mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. So the mountains will be flattened before Zerubbabel. But what he's saying here is that the tasks at hand that Israel will need to do to be restored and whatnot will not be done by might, not by power, but by the Lord's Spirit. Okay? So, knowing that, and how do we appropriate that for our lives today? Okay? We have to get to the point that we really understand how powerful our God is and how powerful His Holy Spirit is. So when things are happening in our lives that we have no control over, we especially we feel like we have no control over, and I don't care whether it's finances, whether it's a job, whether it's looking for a new house or a situation in the neighborhood, whatever it might be, those things that you must do is not going to be done by your power or not by your might, but by His Spirit. Okay? But by His Spirit. Okay? And this is one of the reasons why when we come to the Lord, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? We're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaks of, of subsequent in re- infillings of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's why we pray so much for fresh anointings here, because that's what the Lord directs me to do. And that's biblical. Paul certainly um, prayed for fresh anointings and so on. But that initial, uh, when you accept Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit comes into you. So Holy Spirit is in you, you see. But many times when things come into our lives, we just kind of forget that. You know, we forget that the Spirit of God, this powerful God, you know, this powerful Spirit of God, which is God, is in us and is there to work for us and to guide us. All right? The Word of God says in other places here, it says that that same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that will resurrect you, that will bring your body back to life, you see? So Holy Spirit is in you, but we forget about it. So the things that are in our lives that seem to be running so rampant right now, seem to be so out of control, what, it's going to come to pass, not by our might, not by our power, but by the Spirit of the living God, okay? So let's look, let's look first of all, what is it about God? Who, what are some of the key facts that we must know about God? Let's go to Psalm 139. We're going to look at, through, at three um, attributes, which I'm sure everyone here is, is, is familiar with. The fact that God is omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. Okay? And if we know who God is, then that gives us some insights how His Holy Spirit uh, works and how powerful His Holy Spirit is. Okay? We have to remember, the things that are in our lives that are hindering us or giving us a heck of a way to go, they're not going to be solved by our might, by our power, but by the Spirit. Okay, and so many times I know when we have things going on in our lives, you feel so um, uh, uh, at, at, at wit's end because you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Uh, chapter, I'm sorry, yeah, 139, and starting with verse number one. This is about God being omnipresent. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understand my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but Lord, O Lord, 
thou knowest it altogether. Please underline that, for there is not a word, a word in my tongue, but Lord, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. This is another reason we need to watch what we say. You know, the, the word of God also says that we shall be held accountable for every single idle word out of our mouths. You need to be careful what you're saying or out of your mouth, because God knows what you're saying. He sees and he hears what you're saying. There is not a word in my tongue, but O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. See, God had his hand upon you. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I free from thy presence? Please underline that. Where shall I go from thy spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thine hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are, light are both alike to thee. So that is saying that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, God is there. God is always around you, you see. And this is so important to remember because I know that when there have been really challenging, difficult times in my life, and you really have something devastating going on in your life, many times, even as Christians, you may for a moment feel like you're all alone. You may feel like there's no one here to help me. I mean, you know, your wife, your husband, your mother, your father, whomever you're talking to might not get it. They might not understand where you're coming from. They may look at you with their eyes crossed like, what is wrong with that person? You know, and you feel so alone. But God is never, is never well, without you, all right, no matter where you go. This ascend to heaven, to the depths of hell, no matter where you are, God is there, okay? You can't hide, can't run from him, you can't hide. God is omnipresent. He is always around, you see? So again, when that thing is coming into your life and you're trying to figure out what to do, and you're trying to, you know, God, you know, or you're thinking, I don't have the strength, I don't have the power. Well, remember that scripture. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by God's spirit. So the first thing you start remembering is, oh, well, gee, God is around me. God is indeed with me. So that should be your first resource to remember that whatever it is that you are going through, you're not going to go through it by yourself. You're not going to go through it by yourself. All right? You're called into court for some reason. You know, you, you, you've got some other legal things going on. Whatever it might be, God is going with you into that room. Your boss calls you up on the carpet, as they say, and you're worried about what's going to happen. God is going with you into that room, and you have no reason to fear. Okay? So God is, God is omnipresent. The next attribute of God we often speak about is God being omniscient. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. One Corinthians two, one Corinthians chapter two, and we'll start with verse number one. Okay, omniscient means means simply that God is all knowing. Okay, He's all knowing. You know, so if God is all present, then that means He knows where you are and He knows what situation is going on in your life. And if He's all knowing, that means that He clearly He knows what what's happening and He knows the beautiful thing about God's God's omniscience is that He not only knows where you are. He knows where you were, and he knows where you're going. You see? 
And so if you've got an issue that you're wrestling with in life and you're realizing that not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, then whose spirit do you, are you, do you better have to rely on than God's spirit because he knows where you've come from, he knows where you are, and he knows where you're going. Okay, so this is called omniscience. And chapter 2, verse number 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Okay, so right here what Paul is saying, that when I came to you, I didn't come to you with a whole bunch of fancy words, you know, eloquence and everything, uh, when it comes down to the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Okay? You see, so right there he says now that my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. And words can be enticing. You know, men, can, men have been known to move crowds, do all sorts of things. And I'm not hardly bringing Hitler into the <laughs> category of God. But he took a whole nation of people and had them turn to believe what he was saying, saying. And the man was a maniac. I mean, obviously he was demonically driven. You know, Mussolini. And the history goes on to show us all through the ages that if you get someone that's... Uh, <laughs> Sad thought about modern times, the way a nation just went following behind. Anyway, um, Mussolini and Hitler and all of the others, how they just followed behind because someone had eloquent speech, because someone could speak very nicely. You know, we've seen many, many, many pastors and ministers and others, and God bless them. You know, I hope they come to know God more closely, but will stand up and speak with such elo- eloquence, and what they're speaking is an untruth. What they're speaking is not in line with the word of God, but yet still thousands of people will follow. You know, there was a man who actually said that he was Jesus Christ. He died recently, I understand, uh, claimed that he was Jesus Christ in in person. And he had all of these young, very well-to-do people following him and donating to his cause. He had 666 tattooed on him. They showed him drinking and with women and everything like that and made an excuse why um, uh, what he was doing wasn't sin. Literally said that I am Jesus Christ. He made the news and so on like that. And I and he died of suddenly of a stroke or something doesn't surprise me but what I'm saying is that is that these are people who, who are speaking with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration but Paul is saying here but he came with demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men please in the line that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God Okay, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And this goes back to what we've talked about so many times. I mean, you know, someone can talk to you very wisely and so forth and give, give good excuses. You know, I heard, I heard a discussion on soul sleep um, the other night. And boy, oh boy, if you didn't know the word of God, I mean, it would sound like a very convincing argument, you know. Uh, uh, you, you know and, and if you get hung up in that, again, that's looking at, at the wisdom of men, you know, uh, rather than the word of God or the power of God, you see. So we have to always make sure that what we're listening to is of God, all right, and that understand that the only power that exists out there is God's power, all right. Man has no power, whatever, nothing other than what God would would grant him, but not listening to the wisdom of men. Verse number 6, however, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Now, underline that word perfect and write mature, if you have room in your margin, okay, because no one is perfect but God. That actually means, means mature or Christian, Christian maturity. However, we speak wisdom among them that are mature, 
yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the princes of this age that come to nothing. All right, the princes meaning the rulers all right, of this time that come to nothing. So what God is saying here through Paul is that, uh, um, uh, we, you know, that he's talking to those that are Christian, that are mature as Christians, and not the wisdom of this age. You will find that there is so much wisdom of this age. You will find this wisdom that so many people are so willing to follow simply because someone makes it sound logical. Someone, if you, if, you, if you think long enough and listen to someone that is really adept at, at, at speaking, they will tell you the sky is green and you just see it blue because you think it's blue and it's some malfunction of everyone's eyes, all six billion people on the earth, everyone's eyes are malfunctioning, but the sky is really green. And if he gives you a decent enough argument, some people will actually fall for it, and I've seen that time and time again. And you say, oh, no, that could never happen to me. Well, you know, I'm, I'm praying that it will never happen to anyone in this room. But, the, but this is the same that we don't, we don't go by the wisdom of this age, nor of the princes or the rulers of this age that come to nothing. You will hear people promise things and say things from day one to day 60 or whatever, and it comes to nothing. Only God's word is the word that is faithful and true and is everlasting. So he's warning us here that we don't listen to the wisdom of this age. But, seven, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages unto our glory. All right, now please underline the word mystery there. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, a mystery is, is, is merely something that is previously hidden. That's all a mystery is. It's something that at the present time, it's been hidden. Okay? And so God's word is indeed a mystery to many people because it is indeed hidden. All right, but he's saying, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages unto our glory, which none of the princes of this age knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, does that make sense to you? You see, okay? If they knew, if they knew who Jesus Christ was, if they really, really could get what Jesus was saying, when Jesus said, yes, I am the Savior, when Jesus said, yes, um, uh, through me Isaiah is fulfilled, through me the law is fulfilled, if they really understood what was going on, they wouldn't have been in such a hurry to first stone him and then to, to uh, put him up on the cross, you see. But this is, Jesus was speaking a, a truth that they were simply unable to grasp, simply unable to grasp. Verse number 9, but as it is written, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Please underline that. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by what? By his Spirit. Please underline by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Underline the word deep. Okay, so so what it's saying here is that is that but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love Him. There are things that God has prepared for you because you love Him that you haven't heard of, things that you haven't seen, things that you cannot even imagine, simply because you love Him. Okay, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. All right, so knowing that. Whatever is happening in your life that is troublesome or challenging you, or there's a big question mark or several question marks, knowing that you love God, your eyes haven't seen and your ears have yet not heard the things that God has in store for you. All right? And this was ordained before the beginning of time. All right? So if we have a father that loves us so much, that means that he obviously has a special connection to us. All right? Now, we're human beings. 
our minds are finite. Okay, we certainly cannot grasp all that God would tell us. If God tried to give us a download of everything of our lifetimes all at one time, we'd probably self-destruct, you know. You know, I mean, we just couldn't take it. God is just too, you know. You know and, and also, God also knows in our human nature, and even we Christians who have accepted Jesus Christ, if God gave us major, massive glimpses of, of the future, how many of us would stick to God? You know, how many of us would be tempted to take that wisdom, that knowledge of our futures and use it for gain, you know, you know, or maybe if not for self, you know, to use it to try and help a loved one, you know, but maybe that is not what God wants that person to see or to hear. Okay, so God has his way of revealing things to us at point in, at points in time when he needs us to have it or wants us to have it. All right. But by us knowing, though, whatever that thing is, is that I'm going to get through this issue that I have, not by my might, not by power, but only only by the spirit of the living God, all right? Because God says, he says, I've got things to tell you, man, that you have not seen, nor have you heard, all right? You know? So when I sit back and I'm wondering where house am I going to be in two years from now, or what state am I going to be in two years from now, all right? I just sit back and I say, wow, man, you know, is it going to be bigger than this one? You know, my God, is it going to look like this? Is it going to look like that? Okay, well, what is this riot going to look like, you know? And if you think like that, and if you really, really believe that, you'll be surprised how quickly the anxiety, the stress, and the angst that is in your heart now worrying about whatever's going on, you'll see how quickly that will be lifted, okay? Because eye has not seen, ears have not heard, okay? You have not seen, you have not heard what God has in mind for you, okay? Why? Because it says, what's, what's the criteria here? It says, for those that love Him, okay? For those, for those that love Him. Um, uh, back, back to 10... Uh, but God has revealed them unto us by spirit. No, I'm sorry. What, 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 what verse was I at? Eleven. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. She will see. I get. Mm. Okay. But going back to eleven. For what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit? Oh, wait a minute. Let me go back to ten. There's a. So I knew there was something I wanted to say. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, underlining the word deep. All of us go to church, and we all read the scriptures. We read the scriptures when we're home, you know, hopefully. You read the scriptures before you go to bed, when you rise, or any chance you get during the day. Um, we can quote back scriptures, you know, and things like that. But that's scratching it on the surface, okay? And I see so many people quoting stuff, throwing up quotes from the Bible and things like that. But then... Obviously, by the life, they don't understand the deep things of God, okay? They don't understand the deep things of God. Um, people will say things and act out in their lives where it's obvious that they don't understand the deep things of God. Now, you can quote a scripture, but if you really, really don't know what God is meaning by that scripture, you misuse it and you misapply it in your lives, okay? So when we're studying the word of God, again, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, Everything that we do, every challenge that you have in your life, okay, can be overcome by the Spirit of God. Every single challenge, all right? 
But you have to understand the deep things of God. All right? Now, it's interesting that he points out the word deep. Why does he not simply say, um, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. You see, that's where you get your revelation from. For the spirit searches all things. Holy Spirit searches all things that's going on you. Yea, the deep things of God. All right? Now, uh, where it says there that the, uh, God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Again, now this goes back, we've heard me say many times, that when you're reading the word, and you're at home, and you're in your quiet time, and you're reading the Word, okay, you're, you're benefiting from that Word is governed by how you receive the revelation from the Holy Spirit, okay? Reading the Bible is not like reading A Tale of Two Cities or Gone with the Wind, you know? You can read Gone with the Wind and A Tale of Two Cities, and you come to the same conclusion every time. You know, I mean, <laughs> the book is the book is the book. The Word of God is a living Word. It is living so when you're reading the scripture, you need to pray and make sure you're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what this word is saying to me, the deeper things of God. You know, God's words are so much deeper than what you just read on the surface of the page. You see, because this, these words were written by men, but it was inspired by Holy Spirit. You see, so Holy Spirit knows exactly where we were going to be sitting here today in Genesis 1, you know, in this building. The Holy Spirit knew back where you were going to be in your lives, whatever things you may be issuing um, or wrestling with or whatever's going on, whatever thoughts, questions you may have. Holy Spirit knew that. And all of that is in the Word of God, you see. But, but, but when you're reading the Word and you're praying for Holy Spirit revelation, because that's where the Word of God is going to really be revealed to you, you know. You know how many times I've read certain scriptures and then when there was something going on in my life and there was a particular need, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit would direct me to a scripture, I would read it and it would be like, wow, so that's what that means. I see a lot of you nodding, so you've been there too. So, wow, so that's what that means, you see. So this is Holy Spirit revelation. And when you have that Holy Spirit revelation and you really begin to understand what that word is saying, you also find now when you try to articulate that word and that revelation to someone else, they may not understand where you're coming from. That's what the Scripture is talking about. They may not, may not understand where you're coming from because either they haven't been enlightened yet, you know, maybe they haven't prayed about it, maybe they simply haven't asked, I don't know, you know. But God reveals things by His Spirit, not by, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. And it's the deep things of God, that's what we need to, need to, learn, to, to learn about. Verse number 11, uh, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but who? The Spirit of God. Peace in the line, but the Spirit of God. So what's that is, what that is saying is that if someone asks you about me, you will tell them what you know about me for the length of time that you've known me. You know, even my, my kids will, will, will tell them, you know, someone what they know about me all the years of living with me and growing up with me. But no one knows me better than me. Okay? No one knows you better than you. Okay? No one knows the deep things about you but you. Okay? Alright? So, so taking with that, taking that then, where it says, For no man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God no man knows but the spirit of God. Alright? So if you really want to know about God, you can't get it from anyone else but God. 
You can't get it from anyone else about, about God, okay? And, and that, that you've heard me say many, many times, you know, don't take my word for this. I'm simply reading and, 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 and commenting on and helping you, hopefully, to understand what the word of God is saying. But this is not me speaking. This is what the word of God is saying. This is why we here in this ministry read from the Bible, because I want you to see what God is saying, all right? So, so God is the only one that knows the deep things of God. Yes, God gives me, as in many other ministers and pastors, revelations and deep revelations, hopefully, you know, and we pass those revelations on. But ultimately, pertaining to the things in your life, the deep things in your life, no man knows better than you what's going on in your life. And no, no, no one but God knows the deeper things about him relative to your life. So if you want to, comp- if you want to, to overcome, to be victorious over whatever is happening in your life, it's not going to be by your power, not by your might, but it's going to be by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God knows the deeper things that's happening. He knows what's, what's yesterday, today, and tomorrow going to be like. And he can advise you and direct you as he so, see, so sees fit. But no one knows that about God but God. Verse number 12. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is of God. That we might know, please in the line, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Okay? Right? That are freely given to us by God. We have not received the Spirit of the world. The Spirit of the world is that we don't behave and we don't act like people who are in the world. We don't behave and act like people that are non-Christians. All right? We don't get bent out of shape. We don't get upset over a prolonged period of time. Okay, we all get upset when things happen. All right, we'll pretend that we don't, but but over a prolonged period of time, right? There should not be any Christian. There should not be any Christian. There should not be any Christian that goes over a prolonged period of time, um, uh, um, suffering, hurting, worrying, um, depressed, unhappy. Okay, over a long period of time, that should not happen. All right, because we as children of God should know who to run to in an instant. You know, those things happen in our life. It happens in my life. And the first thing that we learned to do a long time ago, the first thing we do is we grab hands and we pray. The first thing we do is we grab hands and pray. You get that news or that thing happens and then you get that sinking feeling. I'm, I'm like anyone else. You get that sinking feeling in your chest, in your heart, in your stomach. The whole gospel, that bad news hits you. And then you have to recuperate from that. You've got to run to the Lord and you need to pray. And need that Holy Spirit then guide you on what you should say and do. And then you need to remember, not by might, not by power, there's nothing that I can do by my might or my power, but by the Spirit of God. So the only one that can fix this thing that's happening in my life, the only one that can correct this bad news that I just got, is the Spirit of God. So let the Holy Spirit that is in me now guide me. Guide me, okay? Right? Now, Holy Spirit may guide you to do something, all right, and maybe your actions in the physical realm may bring about that thing that needs to be done, but it was not by your might, it wasn't by your power, okay, it was by the Spirit of God, you see, you see, because no way could you have dreamed up. And I guarantee you the things that have happened or will happen in your lives when you see that manifest, you will see that this only could have happened because of God, only could have happened because of God. No way could I, could I have activated that or made that to come to pass, all right? So we have to know here that not that we haven't received the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is where they try to do things by might and by power, trying to figure it out. But the spirit is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, given to us of God. Freely for a moment, just to dwell on that, underline that, please, freely. Remember when Peter... Peter was outside the city, and there was a beggar at the gate, and he was saying, alms, alms. 
And Peter said, Silver and gold I have none, but that which I have I give freely unto you. And he went on and ministered to the man. Remember that? Okay. God has given us everything that we know freely. What you've learned in church, what you've learned by reading the word of God, God has given that to you freely. All right. All we have to do is simply to take it. The problem is that many, many times we as Christians don't want to take it, you know. Can you imagine FedEx or UPS coming to the door, ringing your doorbell, knocking on your door and says, here, your name is on this package, I have this for you. And you can look at it, you can see your name on it, but guess what, if you say no thank you and slam the door, then you haven't received it. You haven't received it, okay. And the FedEx guy will stand there, but sir, ma'am, your name is on this, this is for you, this is for you. No thanks, no thanks, no thanks, you know. And you look at it all weird, you know, well, why are you giving that to me? You know, and you think that's far-fetched? You'd be surprised how many times we do the same thing relative to the Word of God and relative to the things that God is trying to give us. Many times we unwittingly don't accept the things of God simply because we've learned or someone told us not to believe it. You know, don't believe that. That was for the Old Testament days. That was for them. And, and we wind up putting the deep things of God out of our lives where God is freely trying to give it to us. And we don't accept it because of some other things that have happened in your life. Amen. You have to understand this word of God, that Holy Spirit ministered to you. And you need to acquire and claim everything that God has given or wants to give you. And don't let anyone in the world, anyone in the world, steal that from you. Simply because they're telling you, oh, well, that's from Old Testament days or that's from this or giving you some, some, some wacko reason why you shouldn't believe it. If the Word of God says this, and if you've been praying, and if you have that knowing, remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how do you separate, how do you know the different voices of God, and when God is speaking to you, there's a knowing, there's that quiet peace that's in you, it lines up with God's Word, all right? If you've gotten that and the Holy Spirit is, is, is confirming to you that this is the Word of God as, you, as, he, as He's spoken it, all right, then don't let anyone shape you from that. Don't let anyone steal that from you, all right? Because God may be trying to give you something. God may be trying to show you something, all right? God is giving it freely to us. So we need to just make sure that we freely accept it. Verse number 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom preaches. Please in the line, not in the words which man's wisdom preaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Please in the line, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay? All right, men will be preaching all sorts of things. In many cases, it's of man's wisdom. It's of man's thoughts and so on. But we have to go by what the Holy Spirit teaches. Remember the scripture that says that you need no man to teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit will certainly teach you all things. So don't go by what someone is trying to tell you. Amen? Amen? Don't go by what someone else, some man is trying to tell you. But which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, okay, the natural man is the man that is outside of the Lord, you know, the, 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 the unsaved man. But the natural man receive not, receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Okay? The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Alright? So what that is saying is that the person that doesn't know the Lord... Okay, you can talk to them until you're blue in the face and they will not get you. They will not get you because the things that you know are spiritually discerned. All right? The person that is not in the Lord, that does not understand God, will never understand, very possibly never understand the things that you, that you understand because the things that you understand were given to you by Holy Spirit. All right? So therefore, and it makes sense, I mean, you know, I shouldn't say it makes sense, this is the word of God, you know, we don't challenge it. But if you just stop and think about it, I mean, if these words can 
can only be spiritually discerned by what Holy Spirit tells us, then it means that a person that is unsaved then can't know them because Holy Spirit can't talk to them. You see, Holy Spirit can't talk to them. So they're not going to understand what you're saying. If you're speaking to them wisdom and knowledge and Holy Spirit knowledge and wisdom, someone that is unsaved will not understand nor accept what you've been saying, what you're trying to say. Okay? Now, and, I mean, and I'll, even, I'll even, even take it a step further. I'll even say um, um, someone that is saved could very possibly not understand what you're saying because they are not operating with Holy Spirit discernment. Okay, many, many people that are indeed saved do not always operate by Holy Spirit discernment, you see. Because if they were, then what you were saying to them based on Scripture would make sense. Because it's Holy Spirit driven. Okay, because they are spiritually discerned. Um, verse number 15, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, okay? But we have the mind of Christ. So God is all-knowing, and this is where we get our knowledge and we get our guidance from. And by this, again, we can rest not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. The last thing here is, by, is uh, omnipotent, meaning that God is all-powerful. Let's go to the book of Luke. Sometimes I think we forget how powerful God is and, and, and whatnot. And I think, it's, um, I think it's partly because we don't always see God visibly in front of us. And we kind of forget that simply because we don't visibly see God in front of us, that God is not around and he's not working on our behalf. You know? And so I think we, all, we often forget how powerful God is. Um, and, and, and I think by doing so, we, uh, we sell, ourselves, sell ourselves really short. And with that, let's go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we all know these scriptures here. This is where Mary is being informed by Holy Spirit that she's pregnant. Uh, verse number 34. Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Luke 1, 34. You know, we have to realize that the, the, the God that we have is the same God, none other, that created this entire universe. Um, if you want to get a, you know, I, I, I just love science shows and everything, but uh, uh, there's a series that's coming out, I think it's March, I don't know why I want to say March 9th, I could be wrong, but it's called Cosmos. And uh, it's talking about the creation and science. I mean, it's science-based. It's not scripturally based. But the discussions that they show of the heavens and everything, you just realize and you look at the universe that God created this with all of those forces and all of those things going on, that this same God that created all of this is who is, is, is there by our sides and who is in us. So chapter 1, verse number 34 then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit, underline Holy Spirit please, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Okay? So here we see the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. So here we see the power of God in actually having enough power to, and no one knows how this happened, no one can explain it, some people try to, but this is of God, can actually impregnate a woman. You know, who had known no man. All right, this was the creation of God, the the incarnation of of God, 
uh, um, in, in a human in a human woman. All right. So this right there is showing the beginning. Uh, I mean, showing the power of God. Of course, if you go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis one, you look at the creation. This should give you a feeling for the power of this of this God. All right. Go to Romans fifteen. Romans fifteen. Romans 15, and we just want to start at verse number 15, verse 12. Romans 15, verse number 12. And again, wait, we all get there. Okay, Romans 15, verse number 12. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse. And he that shall rise to reign over the nations, in him shall the nations trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Through what? Through the power of Holy Spirit. Here's in the line, through the power of Holy Spirit. That you may abound in the hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I myself also am, am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, also able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I have therefore that of which I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will dare to speak, I will dare not to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. Please in the line, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and round about unto Idilicrum, I have fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? So what he's saying there, everything that needs to be done is preaching and everything will be by the power of the Spirit of God. Okay? And he knows that the power of the Spirit of God is the only thing that can make those things come to pass that needed to be done. Going to Matthew here in closing. Matthew 12. Matthew 12. We have a God that is for us, guiding us, that is omnipresent, meaning that he's everywhere, knowing that he's everywhere in your life, he's a part of your life. He's omniscient, he's all-knowing, God knows the situation that you're in, he knows what's going on, he knows what's giving you agita, he knows what you're worried about, he knows what tomorrow's going to bring, all right, and he's also omnipotent, meaning that he's all-powerful, all right, and so when I say Matthew 12... And we're going to start with verse number 24. Verse 24. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. 
But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, please underline, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Alright? If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. And I'm just to pause there for a moment. Here again now, you see how powerful the Spirit of God is, is powerful enough to cast out a demon. So if the Spirit of God can cast out a demon, and we know that demonic activity is prevalent in our lives, or is very much there in our lives, trying to influence and make things go wrong, okay? If God is powerful, Holy Spirit is powerful enough to cast that out, then why are we worrying? Amen? Why are we worrying? Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. All right. So the demon in your life that needs to be cast out, that could be manifesting in the form of you worrying, stress, strife, fear, uh, uh, lack of finances or whatever it is, or unclarity, you know, depression, uh, lack of joy, cast that out in the name of Jesus. Okay? There's nothing that you can do. Xanax is not going to help you if that's the right one. You know, none of those, all of those other, I'm just thinking about these commercials on TV, all of those things that you can take to make you feel better and to get rid of depression and all that sort of thing or whatever's going on in your life. That's not going to help you necessarily. You know, it may, it may alleviate a symptom, I guess. I don't know, I'm not a medical person. But the bottom line is that the ultimate solution is by God. All right? Depart not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. All right? So Jesus is saying that if I can cast out a demon, it's by the spirit of God. You know, they were trying to say that Jesus was in league with the devil, of course. And we know that's, that's a blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But the point that I want to make here is that Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, okay, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You see? And this is something that we as Christians need to learn to do more often also. You know, now there are some that just don't believe, you know, some Christians don't believe that demons exist. Well, I feel sorry for them. The word God sure certainly says they do. Jesus certainly said, said that they do. He cast them out, you know. And I guarantee you that after Jesus went to heaven and, and after the New Testament was finally written and so forth, those demons didn't go away or cease to exist. Okay, so they're still here. You see, but many times we as Christians don't accept that either. And we have things going going on in our lives that we're wrestling with and only because of the fact we have not consulted with Holy Spirit to know what's going on, we don't even try to cast those things out of our lives okay, Jesus gave the the power, gave us the ability to power in his name, and again nothing in us, no power of us, no might that we have can do it, but by the Spirit of God, by the name of Jesus Christ you see, so you have something going on in your life, you know, Holy Spirit, Spirit can reveal to you what that is and then you need to use Holy Spirit to get that thing out of your life in the name of Jesus, you see. But we Christians just kind of go through the world, you know, we're hurting and we're miserable and we've got all this going on and we're trying our best to do something about it. We're trying to figure out who we can call or who we can write to. You know, let me write the president, let me write my congress, let me write my this and that. I guarantee it ain't going to help. But, you know, but not by, my, not by a problem, but by God's Spirit. Whatever situation that you're going on that's going on in your life. You know, you know, it could be, be, be with your spouse, with, with a loved one. Things aren't the way you want it to be, or, or, or whatever is going on. It's not by your mind. Nothing that you can say or do. You know, sometimes it's best for someone to stop banging their heads against the world, the, the wall, with their spouse, and simply to go in, into their prayer closet and say, "Lord, guide me. What shall I do? What shall I say?" How should I manage this? How should I handle it? What's going on? Okay? But we try so hard in our own might and in our own power to do things, our, to do things ourselves. Um, and then he, then he goes on to say, uh, uh, this is for this house, uh, verse number 29. Oh, 
or else how can one enter into a strong man's house? Let me start from 20 again. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil the house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that is gathereth not uh, scatters abroad. Okay? So, uh, and what he's talking about there is binding the strong man also so that you can get these, pe- these things out of, your, out of your life and everything. Okay? So we see here that God is indeed omnipotent. And then the very last scripture here is that God promised us the Holy Spirit. As you know, let's go to Acts 1. What better scriptures to close on? Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and we're going to do verse 8. Matter of fact, um, let's, go, let's go back to verse 4. Start at verse 4. Okay. Acts 1, verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with, baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Please in the line, you shall be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Please in the line, in his own power. Which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Please underline that. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. All right? So Jesus is saying here that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see? So now you have to realize and know and believe that Holy Spirit has indeed come upon you when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if you've got Holy Spirit in you, then why are you struggling? Why are you hassling? Why are you trying to figure out what's going on? Why are you trying to figure out what it is that I'm going to do? Why are you trying to change whatever needs to be changed in your life? Amen? Amen? It's not by anything you can do, not by any power that you can do, certainly not by any might, but only by the Spirit of the living God, only by Holy Spirit. Okay? So when things rise up in your life in closing and things start really going wrong and you're trying to figure out what to do, let that scripture fall into your mind really quickly that the solution to this problem is not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit. And then the other great one is Psalm 46, verse number 10, and that is, Be still and know that I am God. Be still, 46.10, Psalm 46, verse number 10. Be still and know that I am God. All right? And if you can do that, I guarantee you a peace shall descend upon you and you shall feel like, guess what? There is hope for tomorrow and that I don't have to hassle with trying to do all this myself, that God will indeed take care of it, you see. And, and, and that's the most troubling thing is that 
we as human beings, when we are trying to fix something ourselves and we realize that we don't have the answer, then we become more frustrated because it's kind of human nature to want to do things for yourself. I mean, you know, it's kind of natural. Most of us want to solve our problems and fix our lives, you see. But when we come to Jesus, we have to realize that we don't have to be, you know, the one that's flying the plane. You know, that old movies, you know, God is my co-pilot. You know, let God be your pilot. Right, where you don't have to run your life and drive your life and fly your, lo- your life yourself. The creator of the universe, the one that knows you better than you, the one that knows yesterday, today, and tomorrow, is in charge of your life if you let him be. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Praise God. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.